Welcome to EHS on Tap. I'm your host, Jay Kumar, editor of EHS Daily Advisor. This week, I talked to Heidi Raymer, Occupational Health Program Manager at Meta, about the many EHS challenges she faces. And now, on to the interview recorded recently at the EHS Daily Advisor Exchange in Phoenix. Well, I'm joined today by Heidi Raymer of Meta. Uh, Heidi, welcome uh, to the EHS Exchange. We're out in, uh, in Phoenix, or the Phoenix area. Um, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I was wondering if you could uh, tell the folks listening, you know, what you do with uh, with Meta and, and you know, how, how that works with EHS. Yeah, absolutely. So um, again, I'm Heidi Ramers. So I'm a registered nurse and a CSP. So I'm kind of that unique, as everybody likes to call it, the unicorn, because I mm-hmm. kind of cover both sides of EHS. Um, so I work with Meta. I'm the occupational health program manager. So. Um, currently overseeing um, our infra, so kind of our infra data centers, so all of our, where all of our platforms are hosted. I think people are familiar with data centers now. Um, so I do all that occupational health program for that, the infra data center teams. Uh, and, and I imagine you have teams all over the all over the country, or maybe even all over the world, right? Yeah, we're global. Yeah, so we do. We have EHS managers that work in EMEA and also in North America and stuff. And we're continuously, we're, we're growing now. We're gonna obviously keep increasing. So they'll be located all over the place eventually. Excellent. Um, so what are the biggest EHS issues that you're dealing with uh, right now? <laughs> so I would say, and I think this is kind of, um, I think a lot of companies are experiencing this or for sure we are is post COVID or as we're coming out, we're in the endemic tier is, um, getting people reacclimated with safety. We've hired a lot of people in during COVID that haven't even been to a data center or into one of our office locations. So it's training, it's, it's making sure the culture is right. So getting our leadership back on board, because a lot of our leadership was offsite during COVID, we had really essential operations going. So um, really working on that culture and the behavior and getting that, you know, best in class safety program kind of back in front of everybody and making sure we're all kind of in the same place as we come out of COVID on the other side. And how, how much of a challenge has it been with so many people remote and kind of, you know, getting that message across to people whether they're working in an office or, or a data center or from their home? Yeah, so it's it's been interesting. You've had to be kind of... Um, creative, I think, you know, um, for our people that were on site, I think it's, we have a very great team on our technical team that sets up our training um, and everything that they do in Cornerstone, so in CSAT as we call it, um, so they can assign by um, type, like kind of your swim lane of what you work and do, Mm -hmm. and you get those assigned, but I think for our teams that have been remote, it's, it's been a little bit tough to to engage them and have them truly understand, you know, everything that they've needed to know um, and getting them ready to go back to the site. So our people that have been there the entire time, all of our teams that are working obviously have been getting this training and kind of working right. within it. But then again, the other thing too is without our leadership on site, and without people being there constantly to observe make sure things are working, mm-hmm. right? So you're making training and saying, hey, here you go, right. try this. this out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, let us know how it works. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so how do you follow up with that to, to make sure? 
Yeah, so now, so we have what we, we have assessments, internal assessments, they're called fact ops assessments, and so we go out and we send specific teams around, and then they do kind of a internal assessment, we don't like to say the word audit, because it's ourselves, we're taking a look at ourselves, so it's not an external party, um, and we look at what the health of the program is, mm -hmm. so have people taken all their training? Are the standards completely rolled out? Do, does everybody understand how to, if the standards are implemented, what that means, um, and any other gaps, you know, to identify gaps or changes that we may need to make? Um, but a lot of times it's, it's traveling, it's meeting with those teams at the site and saying, hey, is this working? We're traditionally a very collaborative, cross-functional company, so you don't do anything without that right. feedback. So even if it's, if I'm rolling out something a standard for occupational health or like the case management program that I rolled out, I involve everybody. So I'm not, hopefully not putting something in place that doesn't work for right. the sites. Yeah. Um, does Meta have a, are you doing like a hybrid work model? Or are you doing a, is everybody gonna return at some point? Like what's the philosophy? Yeah, so, so there is, you, okay, so we're all back as of March 28th technically, but we had a, extension that you could put in for, you know, I think to account for people that maybe needed transition time um, till July 1st. So although we do have an option where you could put in to be permanent remote, but you had to meet like certain criteria, mm -hmm. like you can't be an essential person that, or somebody with a site specific, like a site role. Um, so teams are kind of going to be a hybrid. So it's going to be a really interesting environment moving forward for us to have people in the office, people on site, and people remote, and how you make that all kind of come together. Yeah, like what's sort of, you know, obviously the, the challenge, I guess, or one of the challenges is equal treatment, you know, dealing with people who are, you know, are and have been in the office or in the data center all this time, and then dealing with people who, you know, are deemed that they can work remotely. Like, how do you kind of balance that? Because I imagine there, you know, there'll probably be some, uh, hard feelings or yeah yeah no it's great and and yeah people. and to be very honest we're very much about the experience at meta and mm. that the experience should be the same right. yet different to apply to each person right so if i'm a data center employee my my biggest thing was as we were coming out of this was don't forget those people that have been there for two years straight that didn't get to work from home right. and let's recognize their efforts in keeping everybody's mm apps up like so instagram facebook you know mm -hmm. during covid and, and whatsapp right that people would have been like oh that went i can't use that you know right. now you're locked down the whole world's locked down in covid and you have no way to talk to each other right, right. so <laughs> um so we are kind of working across that as we're returning to normal operations there's kind of three pillars that we look at which is exactly that so our people that are going into offices and their experience and people that are in the data centers are returning to the data centers and then our our work from home folks. So there is a piece of the celebration as we return to normal mm -hmm. that's coming that will be kind of segregated based on your new role if you're work from home or whatever. So you'll get the same feeling that everybody else is getting. <laughs> yeah, that's important. Yeah. Um, what have the challenges been with, I mean, I imagine you have like a COVID vaccination policy yep. for returning workers. Mm -hmm. What's been the challenge for folks who maybe don't want to do that? <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, everybody's got it, and we're all dealing with it. And um, so, it's we've had people. You could ask, you could ask for an accommodation for that. Um, switch roles, right, into a role that would allow you to be permanently remote, or something to that effect. Um, 
and, and so that's that's kind of been a really interesting part for us. Um, in our infra data centers, in that world or where we have essential operations teams, we didn't go fully vaccinated. We allowed for that hybrid of being vaccinated or testing yeah. to at least but make everybody feel safe that was coming to work, but allow for that flexibility. Because um, we have a very big contingent workforce and also vendor workforce. Um, and we felt it was important to allow for that hybrid. And we had the same thing because in our in our new build construction sites, we are construction, we can be construction and operation, so a hybrid. And to try to make that fit like a fully vaccine only, just it just wouldn't fit the type of work that we do in that in that space. Yeah, I imagine that's you know, there's a <laughs> lot of things to consider there when you're come up with these policies so. yeah especially yeah. with a big company so in the offices it was a little bit more simplistic and they went right. more right so mandatory vax or they can work from home they also had it a lot different through COVID in that they could shut down an office if there was a spike in COVID cases or something like that and just send everybody home for a certain amount of time where in the infra side we didn't have those options so mm -hmm. we were very on top of contact tracing and keeping people safe and we moved a little bit slower through the removal of COVID health and safety precautions to make sure that we didn't, you know, rush to the finish line and put people's right. health at risk. So we're very slowly transitioning out right now, out of in the infra data center world. Hey, did you have to like uh, sort of change up the layout of your offices at all or uh, sort of how you kind of position people and you know, yeah, kind of yeah, we had a lot of work done. Um, I won't speak too much to the offices, although those are my counterparts, but my peers. But in for sure, in our infra space, we have admin and all that kind of stuff too. It was all six feet, right? Yeah. Social, just everything changed. Same thing. We have cafes where people we have. Um, culinary teams that cook for our workers and we had to do shift changes we had to do lots of different dynamic things so we had front half back half so people weren't overlapping so if you lost a team on the front half they could come in you know you could bring the back half team in we had some sites that were people were filling in because we had a team that was decimated so you'd get people that used to do that role would come in and work in that space so yeah it was very that was very very challenging because you were just so used to and there's some jobs that we you can't do so we were like timing them right so okay you can you be together for, but not more than 15 minutes and 24 oh, hours <laughs> yeah crazy. um so you know another thing that an issue that can arise with maybe a building that hasn't been used as much for a couple of years is legionella yeah right? how, yeah how have you guys been dealing with that in in the water systems yeah so it's been really interesting i guess nobody was really prepared for COVID and low use right mm. so um in in offices, that's more managed by our landlords and things like that. So they're running that program in spaces that we clearly own that are ours. Again, in the data center world, those are our spaces. Um, we had areas where things were shut off, like drinking fountains, right. ice makers, coffee makers, um, and all that kind of stuff. So we have um, a water treatment program or a water safety program that we've put in place and really focused on um, doing global health risk assessments to look at exposure risk. Um, kind of pointing out and highlighting our areas where we may see Legionella. Obviously, there were systems that were running the entire time, but as we start to come back on and we're bringing people back, um, we've been running a testing program, a flushing program the entire time for some of our some of our spaces, um, turning the heat up on the water to, mm -hmm. like, let's say, into a faucet, and then having it mix before it comes out, so you're killing all that bacteria before it actually even gets into the 
faucet or into the potential exposure area. So kind of different nuances here and there, right. you know. These are things you wouldn't think of. No, that we didn't have normal, to, or auto yeah. flushing, auto on faucets yeah. that would flush themselves like every so often. Yeah. You know, you just didn't really think about those things prior to this. So yeah. now, yeah, we're bringing drinking fountains back on because we didn't use those. We had bottled water, which is not great and eco-friendly, but you know, we did that and we had to do what we had to do. So we're now running a flushing program on all of our drinking fountains, bringing those back on and testing them and sampling them and making sure that they're below any type of set levels that we have in our water management program. Excellent. Um, yeah. Tell me a little bit about the water conservation program. Ah, so I'll see what I can say. No, I'm <laughs> see how much I can touch on this. Actually, I think Meta is um, striving for completely sustainable operations and being completely green and mm -hmm. eco-friendly. And so anyone that's familiar with um, the data center world, they understand that there's a lot of water that can get used in an evaporative cooling system. Mm -hmm. um, this is all out if anybody wants to look at it. We don't, you can see our designs, they're out for public review. Um, but so what we're currently working on is a way to reduce that water use. So we have, um, again, I'm stepping in the global health risk assessment space to kind of talk about what that looks like and right now it can be increasing the temperatures so you're set, you're at certain set points right now and so it would be increasing the temperatures but then again that in introduces risk mm -hmm. so we're looking at ways to alleviate that risk right to take it from a red down to a green or from a you know yellow to green and if it's lone worker schedule changes things like that but all that will um, hopefully support this great water conservation program that they're trying to do which is to reduce the runtime of those systems and not utilize so much water is that still in the works? Like, is that launched yet? Or? It hasn't launched yet. So that's why I said it's coming. It's okay. a pilot program. No, <laughs> it hasn't launched yet, but it will. Hopefully, um, we're working on that. So it'll be in place over the summer. So we're going to pilot it at a few sites to see if it actually works and then also analyze the risk and what that does to our teams and their work shifts and if we're having to do a lot of administrative controls here and there. So. Um. I wanted to ask you about um, emergency evacuation planning and drills. Yeah. How, how do you guys handle that? Yeah, so we have um, we have an operational continuity team that we partner with that works on our business continuity or our coop planning, that, um, and then our EHS teams manage the emergency response standard and emergency evacuation programming. So it was, it's been interesting because we've rolled out new standards in this space during COVID. Um, and so we are actually getting ready to do drills. So now that we're returning to normal operations and we know we have to cover all the people that have been out of the data center space, uh, we're getting ready to partner with our security teams and our you know, local fire service, all you know, EMS, et cetera, to have them come to site so we can run evacuation drills and do you know, front half, back half, days, nights, every building and make sure everybody knows where they're going, make sure they're evacuating safely. And then we'll follow that with a tabletop exercise. Mm -hmm. So we try to do two, one full evacuation drill, one tabletop exercise a year to make sure our teams are ready. Is that tabletop with local uh, authorities and things like that? It can be, it depends. Yeah. So we're, we're hopefully working towards in 2023 to be more scenario based mm -hmm. um, so that we can actually run like full blown scenarios and have them. Right now we're just trying to do the basics to get our teams we have, I think we have over a thousand people that started during COVID that have not been right. on site, right? right? So they have no idea what, where the rally points are. They don't know any of that. So we're just trying to get our teams reacclimated to all of that and get ready. And it's hard to just 
send somebody a yeah. PDF or something. Yeah, yeah, here, read this. Yeah. We do a lot of that, read and understand. However, it's a um, reference, but you still yeah, need to but you still need, it. yeah. And it's also testing our own systems. We have yeah. um, certain systems that we've put in place. So by holding those drills, we can, or the evacuation drills, we can look at what's working, what's not. Accountability piece, since again, we have a lot of CWs and vendors maybe that aren't full-time employees mm-hmm. of Meta but that work on our sites and making sure that we're counting for them correctly and everybody's getting out in the event of an incident. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Lots going on. Um, yeah. A lot of going on. <laughs> tell me about the, uh, the fit to duty uh, program and how that works. Ah, so we don't have a fit for duty program, but we are in the works of creating that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think most people are familiar with a fit for duty program, right? If you operate a forklift, there's certain requirements. Mm-hmm. If you need to lift all day, if you need to put on a 40 cal suit, if you, you know, things like that. So we're getting ready to actually work on that program and work in that space. And, and our fit for duty is a little bit um, unique in a sense that we don't do pre-screening of our employees or pre requirements so it's really kind of um, more of a post employment making sure or if you have a condition that we didn't know about it's it's sending you to almost get you know medically cleared or enable you to ask for an accommodation like hey I, I, I can't lift because I injured myself over the weekend whatever it is mm-hmm. it's it's more of an accommodation process so it's going to be something new for our teams they haven't seen that yet so <laughs> Again, if they're listening, they're, they're the cat's out of the bag. <laughs> no, I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. It's fine. Fit for Duty exists everywhere else. We just haven't formally documented it mm-hmm. and really put restrictions around it. But I think it's important because we've we've noticed some incidents over the last, you know, two, three years where it might have made a difference, you know, if we had said, hey, you can't operate equipment if right. you have a pre-existing condition that would put you at risk. Or, you know, we don't want somebody with something we don't know about, or even in this pilot program that we just touched on, if we start to increase the heat in the data halls, do we have people that have medical conditions or something that we don't know about that that, that would be put them at risk? So it's gotta get it off the ground and get it get it implemented, but it's, our, it's one of our standards that um, we have to get in place in the next six months, I think, so is our goal to have it completely rolled out. But it has a lot of interest right. <laughs> and a lot right. of cross-functional partners from my great HR teams. A lot of that we've talked to today are yeah. great legal teams. And, uh, you know, so there's a lot of people that have interest, you gotta, a lot of interest in that space. Yeah. yeah. And as I said, we never do anything without collaboration and cross-functional partnerships. So. Yeah. Um, I was wondering if you could tell me about uh, the incident investigation program and how you're working on that. Yeah, so we have, um, we are, again, in the infra data center space, and I think this goes across the board. I can say for my former employer, I won't mention who that is, but, you know, to where we are, very young in the data center world, and I think, Mm -hmm. you know, um, so it's all very new. When I started at Meta, somebody asked me to pull data on incidents, and I said, I can't find anything. How long have you been at Meta? Um, So just... Two and a half years. Okay. Two and a half years now. So when I so pre-COVID, mm-hmm. and then I got into COVID, but um, so we've been working in that space, and we designed a new internal software that we use called Safe Insure, and really working on um, educating people on using that system and reporting incidents. I think, um, I think we're we're kind of still really young in that space, mm-hmm. and and the amount that people use it. So I also, in the meantime 
kind of to partner with that, rolled out a case management program so that when people are getting injured, we're kind of tracking that and sending them to the right place to get treatment and, mm-hmm. and kind of you know getting returned to work um, slips from the doctor so we know they're cleared to come back to work. And if not, we're working with our accommodations team. And then we're closing the gap, again, to make it easier for people, like more user-friendly with um, an app. So it'll be on their phone. So if there's an incident, they can go right to their phone and enter it. Or if you're traveling, right? I think that's another piece yeah. a lot of companies kind of overlook is the time you leave your house to the time you get back when you're on travel right. is all right. workers comp yep. and making it easy for teams like to that are on travel like I am right now and say oh hey I tripped in the airport and I think I broke my toe I don't know you know and then you can fill at least get the yeah. fill it out and at least somebody knows about it and then it can get over to the workers comp team and you can move through that so we're we're working on that space um, we have a lot of work to do to be more consistent around instant investigations and the process that we use and our communication style and so it's it's a work in progress <laughs> you got a lot going on i do i do i said every time i list out everything i'm working on i go <laughs> oh oh my goodness i got a lot to do but you know luckily COVID is hopefully mm, sir would i can knock on you yes, yes. <laughs> knock on, on this table yeah. slowly transitioning its way out or to the point where it's not going to be has such a dramatic well, effect on our operations it. yeah yeah. Uh, I mean, I, th- I don't know if it's ever <laughs> going to go away, but, no. you know, I think it, at least, you know, we can manage it like we manage other things. Well, so. like the flu, right. right? So being the nurse that I am, I have to sit back and say, can we get to a point where, you know, it's stay home if you're sick, right? right? Taking, gone are the days where you stacked your drawer with, you know, DayQuil and all that kind of stuff so you could come to work. Or you're <laughs> sitting in, you know, you're sitting yeah. in, in a cube and you can hear somebody two cubes over, two rows over, hacking away. Yeah. You know, like that's not going to fly anymore. So. Yeah. I think people go, oh, you know, yeah. yeah people get a little up. Oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were doing that yeah. before COVID. But yeah. Really yeah. No. So it, it'll be interesting. And I think, I think the interesting part for us, and I think we probably talked about it, you know, yesterday and today is the transition. When's the, when's the all stop on contact tracing? When's the all stop on, you know, when you get the, the mandatory vaccine programs or like a site access program, you know, to yeah. get on site. And, and when does when does that really transition out? And, um, and is it, there other things that you do to at least sort of be, have surveillance so that you can keep an eye out for future? That's so that's yeah. That up, right. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing, too, is still tracking the data because we can't just say, well, but, it's gone. Yeah. We're hey, great. Yeah, yeah. We've talked about that. What's the big or what are we talking about? Right. The big the big dovetail that's coming at the end. Right. Um, what's the long lasting repercussions from that? So it'll be it's really fascinating. I think it'll be it's going to be a different world for people mm-hmm. um, that come back and haven't been at work for a while. And now you're kind of in this and, you know, somebody gets a cold at home are you staying home to make sure you don't have it or are you coming to work and then you're watching your signs and symptoms and I think people are going to be much more um, sensitive to that maybe moving forward but Um, one other thing that sort of dovetails with that is the psychological component you know people coming especially coming back in who haven't been in for two years uh, or just are accustomed to being by themselves like what are you know what are some of the ways that you're kind of managing that you know, sort of psychological work or psychological health. Yeah, the total health, right? The total health. So we actually, speaking of that, we have Mental Health Month is Mm -hmm. in May. So we're doing a huge thing with um, our counterparts. We have a lot of great teams at Meta 
um, and a lot of great resources. So um, we're partnering across all our offices, Reality Labs, and um, InfraData Centers to do a month focused on mental health and wellness. I think it's 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 a huge thing. Um, you know, we're trying to have speakers and have availability times for people to talk to people. And um, but I think it's still a really changing dynamic for people to be out. Like everybody's longing for the the old world, but then are you really are you wanting? The, are it? you yeah? Are yeah. you really ready to be on a you know commuting five days a week? And you know what that does? Because I think I can speak for myself. I've gotten very spoiled, right? I get mm. up. I'm you know in leggings and a sweatshirt, right, <laughs> my right. meta branded gear, and I'm yeah. on a conference call and, and, um, you know, I'm walking into my kitchen, making lunch or I'm prepping for dinner. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that the whole, like, you know, the way you act professional in an office, you know, you haven't had to do that for a long yes. time. You know? yeah. So that changes yeah. the whole <laughs> dynamic of, Oh, I yeah. have to deal with other people now that I'm not related to. So. Well, and also comes that those conversations, right? Like, mm. so people talk about being super pr- um, productive at home but you're in meetings, right? You have to 30 minute blocks and you're right. like, Oh my God, you know, I have no time, but there's a lot of distraction too in the office that you haven't had. So, right. but, but Meta is a very social company, hence the social platforms and everything. <laughs> We're very social. And yeah. so it's, you know, going to lunch and going into the cafe and sitting with your teams and eating and talking and, you know, collaborating even through lunch and stuff is what it's really all about. And people are really longing for that. I think it's just, again, like you said, is, are you ready to be on? all the yeah, time because yeah. you can't mute your video when you're at work <laughs> right, right. you can't turn it off yeah. yeah you can't put a uh, sticker yeah. over your camera yeah. Yeah. right or you can't say i'm not going to be on video today it's yeah. a no video day for me yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> doesn't work well heidi I want yeah. to thank you so much for sitting down with me yeah so, uh, thanks for having great me to meet you and uh, yeah, yeah thank it you was so good much. anytime all right. <laughs> all right that wraps up episode 106 of ehs on tap you can find more information about the show and listen on demand episodes at ehsdailyadvisor.blr.com. You can subscribe to the show on SoundCloud, Amazon Music, Google Play, iTunes, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, and I hope you join me next time.